You're welcome. We're back. Bailey and Harper, Friday night after dark. Uh, got this one in right in the nick of time. My man's leaving to go out of town. I got a busy weekend. All-star break means I've got eight days off, no NBA. I'm hauling brush tomorrow. So uh, one of us is going to be having more fun than the other. But you know what? I'm looking forward to it. Hey, Kyle, in the morning, I'm going to uh, try and do a little bit of y'all work, but then I'll be playing some games. But, yes, I will be having much more fun than you. Without question. Which we'll get to coming up here in just a minute. But this is Episode 51. Bailey and Harper, we're back. Episode 51, uh, we're going to start this one. I'll do this for both of us, right, because the man was just elected into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Sam Mills, linebacker, Carolina, much like yourself, Carolina Panther and a New Orleans Saint, Sam Mills, Hall of Famer, deserved last year on the modern ballot, he got in. So we start with Sam Mills because uh, that was awesome. I'm glad they have a heart. Right? I'm glad they have a heart. Right? Like, the NFL Hall of Fame has a heart. That's the biggest difference between the NFL Hall of Fame and baseball's Hall of Fame. Let's not go there yet. (laughs) Let's not go there yet. But we will appreciate it, yes. Shout out to Sam. Let's make it about Sam right now. I can't red line blood pressure yet. And I love playing. Uh, getting to meet and getting to know Sam Mills Jr., his son, yeah, who's a coach. He's with the Redskins now, but commander, sir, commander, sir. And he's always in New Orleans, so uh, shout out to him. Yes, he would be my fifty-one, but I just want to give a couple of shout outs. All right, we're gonna go with Sam Mills. Well, no, that, he's you. ours. He gets the nod. He is the yes. you know the the guest of I honor say with, that. in a sense. Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm going big unit, Randy Johnson. I'm going to get mine out of the way. The big unit, the big mullet, the bird-killing lefty with a 99 He's the only one. Uh, no, I've never seen anybody else do that. Never, ever. Not once. <laughs> and it'll never happen again. I ain't again. seen nobody else do that. That's nobody all will saying. ever do it again in the history of baseball. He, look, the earth will burn up and people will cease to exist before somebody else yeah, hits doc. a bird with a two-seam fastball. I, I mean, Destroys the bird. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So, Randy Johnson, the big unit. Number 51. Great what, call. You, what you got? What you got? I, I also I like 51. If you want to go for me, baseball, Bernie Williams, big fan of him with the pinstripes. All those years, he was so clutch, and all he did was catch everything in the outfield. Um, you know where else you could have gone for baseball, right? That's probably a couple more out there. Ichiro Suzuki. I saw him doing some stuff to uh, – on social media earlier. I mean, it's crazy how well, these so things Well, we, so first of all, we got Hall of Famer Randy Johnson. This is a Hall of Fame episode here, 51. Hall of Famer Sam Mills. Hall of Famer Randy Johnson. Uh, we got future Hall of Famer uh, Ichiro Suzuki there a second ago. Mm-hmm. And number 51, Hall of Famer Trevor Hoffman, closer San Diego Padres. So uh, he's in the mix. I didn't, I didn't even realize he was in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Bernie, yeah. Sa- Bernie Williams, by the way, four-time Dick World Buckus, Series champion. Dick another great. These are great ones. These are great ones. 51's a good number. Though. Like, Bernie's, Bernie's not the Hall of Famer, but, you know, four-time World Series champion Bernie Williams. Yeah. I mean, that counts for I'll something. Leave, I mean, <laughs> I mean that counts yeah, for I got four chips, bro. I mean, just, <laughs> only one misses the thumb, right? And, and that was just inconvenient. He just didn't want to win five, so he would have to put one on his thumb. <laughs> That's annoying. Yeah, <laughs> at that point, I don't want to wear it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't want to, like, really have to walk around with all five of these. That's funny as hell. All right, episode 51, we're back. So you're going to, you're going to, to uh, vacation. You're going to go party this week. Uh, check the box. Um, all of the above. Yes. You know what I mean? Love it. Going Adult to party time? Probably so. All right, cool. Probably so. All right, just checking. Mom and dad need to get their time to party as adults a little bit. Yeah, man, we're going to a wedding uh, when we first get down there, and then from there we'll be doing Mardi Gras stuff. And uh, so we'll go to all the parades, and we, we have friends on the, on the 
on right there on St. Charles. So greatest we'll Mardi Gras of all time. What is the single greatest Mardi Gras that Roman Harper has ever personally experienced? Now, Kyle, it just depends on what lane you want to go with this. <laughs> <laughs> you know what lane I want to go down. All you, right. You know well, what ask lane. away, Kyle, and I'll just give the people what right, they well, let's want. Let's just start with the simple terms, the broad stuff. Uh, do you remember the year of the greatest Mardi Gras of all time? Well, it just depends, right? Was it like, it, how do we want to go with this? Like my good time to have my family, and we just like sat there. We called beads. We were at some friends' house. It was a great environment, great, great fun. When you say family, my, catching beads with family, just yeah, yeah. Like my kids will yeah, all be okay. out there. All right, just and they're on the there. street. We got like a ladder and stuff at our condo, so we gotcha. can roll that out. Because like brothers are family, stand. right? So, and bro- but that kind of family has a different kind of fun on Mardi Gras. Exactly. Right. 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 That's what I'm getting at. Just yes. Just just drawing the distinction. That's yeah, all. yeah. We can go that. We're gonna go that one too. We can. We oh, can we are. Okay. There. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. I definitely would love to go there too, Kyle. Those are way better stories. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then from here, we um Fat Tuesday. Yeah. So Fat Tuesday, I mean, that's at the end. That's when that's at the, they shut everything down by 12 yeah. o'clock. Lundy Gras is like the funnest time ever because mm. that's the day before. That's Monday, which we will not be there. We're leaving on Saturday okay. before it really picks up. You're not doing uh, the whole marathon. Yeah, yeah. My wife rides in, a, uh, in the Muses, so she's – they ride and they all throw out beads and being there for the whole thing. It's a great environment, especially yeah. in your. I like going like in the middle of the week to some of the other parades, like um, the Tux. That's always really fun. They they're like all like toilet stuff and like plungers and it, every 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 ride or every one has a different theme. And my kids are used to it because they've been going since they were little, so they enjoy it as well. So we kind of have a system. So those have been some really great times, Kyle. Um, and it's fun to do it with your family, so we're going down as a trip. We don't try and miss too many. Should be fun. I'm not going to let you get in trouble with the other stories, though. Not gonna, no, not no, gonna... no. Okay, so then back to the original question was my outside of my family time. So the so after the year after we won Super Bowl, so like 2010, yep. that Mardi Gras, uh-huh. freaking awesome. <laughs> freaking awesome. Look on your face, right? Now. Oh, my God. So the look on your face is amazing. So you got to understand, like, so we just won, like, God, I think I partied like 30, 40 days straight. What? I didn't take a night off. I slept during the day and I was on vampire mode. I was just like party <laughs> through the night, drink, <laughs> sleep at day, party at night. Just oh. like, and I did it for like 30, 40 days in, in, and mostly in, in a lot of it in New Orleans and then also in California. In sure. LA. So what was that first workout like? Dude, I mean, I was young then, bro. It burned right through. Yeah, it didn't, didn't bother, bother me. No, dude. Uh, I, I actually was working out while I was in L.A. and still partying at night. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Work out in the morning, sleep during the day, rock it at did night. Did you like living in L.A.? I did. I loved it. Did you really? I did. Uh, yeah. I like to visit. Couldn't do it. Anyway. Anyways. All right. So, so yeah. So, me and my boys, we uh, we rent a balcony. I'm not going to say all their names, but my um, my boy said he said was there. Uh, Cedric Ellis and um, dude and so we had our own balcony during Mardi Gras and so me and my boy Jari we we went down and just walking down Bourbon Street this was like my first time like really doing Mardi Gras yeah and like actually being out there in the middle of the day and like seeing it and, like people just everywhere and um, dude you can only go with the flow of the crowd by the night so I'm glad we had our own balcony and we had like tons of beads so you know, big beads, you get big action. So <laughs> it's like, you know, so like, and you know, yeah. we all had money. So like, dude, we, it was nice. We had drinks. It was, we can invite up who we want. It was nice. And so, dude, me and my boy, like I was saying, me and my boy, Jai, we walked down the street 
And um, this was during the day, Kyle. And you know, they're selling beers like three for one. Right. Like, you buy one, we give you three. <laughs> it's like, okay. Why? We <laughs> want you to have a good time. Yeah, like, that is what they do. Yeah. And so we're all hanging out, bro. So we saw a, um, a Cunning Lingus uh, contest. What? Yes. Stop it. Stop I'm not it, lying. Stop whoa, whoa, it, Kyle, let me finish. <laughs> it wasn't, it was on balloons. Oh. Okay. That makes it sound okay. All right. It was all on right. balloons. That, that makes it way different. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. But this is but the girls, they did their thing. They went in. All right. And the girl that actually won was that she just flashed the crowd. She just gave the people what they wanted. Yeah. She that's it didn't care about the other yeah. stuff. Yeah. She knew she had to go and she had to dig deep. Her 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 head skills were not as good as the others. <laughs> She's like, fuck it, just give the people what they want. She just ah it's all, they're like, yeah. From the big beans came flying. <laughs> no, just give the people what they want. Dude. So, well, so that was that, man. That was one of the better times, dude. Uh, and that was just the middle of the day. Yeah. yeah that was just like 2 p.m. Wednesday you know? at 2. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is there a party girl? <laughs> and, then, and so then, man, by nightfall, dude, it was an awesome time. So that was a really great Mardi Gras. And then, but now actually... It's kind of evolved now because now I'm in this competition with myself. Like, dude, catching beads is like what I do. Really? Dude, I don't play. I need like a whole section, dog. And I'm just. Just snatching them. I'm snatching them, dog. <laughs> <laughs> snatching. Uh. And then it's even more fun now because, you know, as people are riding and, um, and in New Orleans, like people recognize me. You know what I mean? Sure. So it's, well, it's, yeah. It's a little bit different than here. Like you and I were walking around a hockey game, and you got recognized. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it happens. No, I kind of figured you know, New Orleans, you might be recognizable. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just funny. So then some people actually throw like more. So I'm like, oh, thank you, and they throw me nicer stuff. So now I get to give it to my kids, and my kids get all nice throws. And so you got just great bead inventory. We we usually, but yes, yes. All right. Well, we usually keep some great bead inventory. So here, here's my next question: As we're talking about Mardi Gras in New Orleans. Did you watch the Sean Payton movie with Kevin James? Did you watch it? I got through half of it. Same. Same. I got through half of it. I hadn't finished yet. But I kind of enjoyed what I saw. I mean, there were, there, look, there were a couple, like the, uh, what's the, so the guy who was w with Kevin James and King of Queens, the, the weird uncle, right, that's in the movie, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, He yeah. does a couple of things that made me laugh, you know, kind of hard. Overall, though, kind of weird. <laughs> Not going to lie, it's kind of weird. It's, I mean, it's very cheesy. It's very corny. It's all right. You know, that, that's uh, – I wonder, how, I wonder how Sean feels about that movie. I, um, I'll talk to him when I talk to him. I yeah. haven't talked well, to him. Well, I mean, him. I, I wasn't asking you to investigate. I just wondered – when Sean saw it, like, what was his reaction? Like, he doesn't care or he was happy with the, with the way he was portrayed? I don't know. I'm just wondering. Mm -hmm. Just wondering. No, I, I don't know. Maybe I'll, I need – maybe that's the question. I, maybe I'll investigate. Maybe by episode fifty three or four, I have an answer. Ever, I have an answer well, for you. By the time that yeah that that by that time you and I will have both finished the movie. Maybe yeah, <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. All right, deal. Boom. So I just realized why when I walked in you you shaved off most of your beard and why I hadn't seen it yet when you said you did it because we we are technically still hitting back to back episodes. We're still technically consistent. With a, another week in, it's just we went early week to late week. Yeah, no doubt. And so we didn't get it in after the Super Bowl because you and I were, you know, busy. And yeah. you, know, you were out, I was out. But, like, th this is all starting to add up to me now. So we still haven't even reacted to the Super Bowl. I walk in, you're hitting me with Kyler Murray questions, <laughs> like all sorts of shit. Where do yeah. you – like, hit, hit the Super Bowl first. All right. Like, do, do you have any strong takes about Matt Stafford, the Hall of Famer? Or, first of all, never mind. Matt Stafford wasted – did you see the woman fall off the stage at the Super Bowl parade? 
Who fell off? Matt You didn't, didn't see any of this. Of course you didn't. Bless you. I love you. So, yes. I, Matt I saw he was wasted. Hammered. Hammered. Hey, man, so, he deserved it. And they're on stage at the parade, and him and his wife apparently ask this woman, Kelly Smiley, who's a photographer, to take their picture. She backs up to take the picture with a phone. I guess doesn't realize she's at the edge of the stage. This is a six- to eight-foot drop. She how fought, is she health-wise? She fractured her spine. <sighs> and so the worst part beyond that, though, was that Matt Stafford is – this is on video. It's a live stream from Fox 11. She falls while Matt and Kelly are posing, and Matt goes – turns around and, like, motions for Kelly to go handle it and turns around and walks off, right? Now, it's a terrible reaction when all you right, do right. Is see that. Yeah, yeah. So people start dragging him. And I'm not saying he did the, the right thing here, but like the dude he is was hammered. 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 First of all, he would have been of zero fucking use zero. to anybody. You don't want that guy helping. No. You don't want him assisting. Yeah, yeah. And, and for him, he doesn't want to know how serious it is. If you listen to the words that came out of his mouth, he said unbelievable 12 times in a 60 second span. Yeah. And was slurring just, I mean, couldn't, uh, useless, right? Yeah. I guarantee you he didn't even realize it was a six to eight foot drop off the stage. So anyway, he's still getting dragged online for all this. Now, his wife had an appropriate response. She looks horrified that this woman just fell off the stage. She steps up to see, you know, is she okay? Uh, but, you know, he's getting killed online. And so by the time the story gets told, they've already raised $15,000 on a GoFundMe to, you know, to cover her medical bills. Well, Matt Stafford doesn't need that right now. Like, he just won his first Super Bowl. He just rewrote his whole story in the NFL, right? Well, there's even talk about him, you know, having a gold jacket. He doesn't need that. Like, I, again, I'm not dragging him or anything. So – Coordinated. It's plenty of Super Bowl winning quarterbacks that are not in the Hall of Fame. Boom. So we'll get to that real quick. But what I'm saying is yesterday we're live on the air. Don't let like that define all you. All at once. Are. Every single media outlet, Sports Illustrated, TMZ, Bleacher Report, The Ringer, all of them, just all with the same tweet. Matt and Kelly Stafford are going to cover the medical bills of the woman who fell and replace all of her equipment. They got this. So his, his publicist was working overtime yesterday to get this statement out to all the different outlets that hit at the same time. But – uh yeah, so, I mean, that was a pretty, you know, bad thing. But to that, okay, to that. Richard Sherman went off. Did you see that? <laughs> Richard Sherman went off about Matt Stafford. I mean, just absolutely torching him. He's absolutely not a Hall of Famer. I agree. He, you know, he took a huge step on Sunday, a huge step. But he doesn't have an MVP. He didn't get the Super Bowl MVP. He's made one Pro Bowl in his career in 2014. So, he's really good. And I'm not saying he won't because he's still probably got some good years left to play. But, like, just because of that, you know, this, I don't think he's automatically a Hall of Famer. No, not at all. N not at all. No. So, um, I, I saw – I won't go as blatantly as Richard Sherman. I would just say – Went in. <laughs> yes, I would just say – get you the quotes here. Yeah. They were uh, pointed, to say the least. <laughs> I would just say he is not a Hall of Famer. He still has years to play and improve. But by the way, uh, one of the headlines was Richard Sherman yelling at nobody in Matthew Stafford Hall of Fame argument. <laughs> okay, I, was like, Dude, I won't go in like that. I would just say I would agree with that way. Yeah. At the end of the day, it starts at the game. All right, the game. I'll go way back. I don't really care. I'm glad that they enjoyed themselves for the Super Bowl parade. I just, as he was, you're talking about him being in that situation with his wife or something, like. We didn't have any girls on our float with us, which I'm so glad we didn't. Right. Like, um, I mean, she was a photographer. So I mean, like, she was there in a professional capacity. No, no, I'm talking about my wife too. Oh, right? oh, oh, any I got of you. That. I got yeah, you. yeah, that's what I meant. So just, I got you. I'm sorry. That being that, I mean, that's a crazy situation. Anything. Well, to sure. Be in that situation with your wife or anybody. Um, but I looked at somebody yesterday, and I was like, 
or no, I'm sorry. I saw somebody just absolutely torching Stafford, you know, yeah. for the callous response. And I'm like, bro, he's lit. I think I think and people, everybody's opinion is just everybody's got to cool. be outraged. Like we, we yeah. f- I mean, outrage fuels this country. All now. right, so let me just attack the game. Well, hold on. Last thing, and I'm, I'm shut up on this, but like. He was hammered. Like they call, I was like, they call it being inebriated, impaired Kyle, for Kyle, a Kyle, when reason. I went, when we won in our parade, Kyle, we were fucked up. Yes. All right? Yes. Effed up. Yes. All right? Dude, we, and we're in New Orleans. We're riding floats that like really have floats in design, right? We're, we're getting boobs. Dude, we hit our, our, our float thing. People are getting so close and like one paying attention. Bro, we must have hit six people. <laughs> No, no, we probably like that's what happens when you got a whole bunch of alcohol and people and floats and like not painted like it happens, Kyle. Yes, it does. It happens. So not only that, I'm glad nothing like that happened in any with us because that very easily could have happened and probably happens more often than not. Then people want to talk like, about. First of all, it's not his fault. She fell off the stage. Exactly. No, not completely. You got to like somebody should be like. It's other people around. Like, right. And it's, it's her fault, too. It's unfortunate. Yeah. They're but, doing the great thing of, you know, helping her out with all this. And that's a great thing. It's going to work out, I guess. She's still got a fractured spine. But, like, yeah. he was hammered. You don't want that guy helping. Just leave it no, alone. I agree. Le- leave all that alone. But anyway, real quick, uh, Sherman, Richard Sherman said, I'm going to talk about it on the podcast, but the Hall of Fame bar is incredibly low, like a participation trophy. No all-decade team, no all-pro, no MVP, one Pro Bowl, not even MVP of the Super Bowl. Never considered the best in any year he played. At least Matt Ryan has an MVP. That was Richard Sherman. I thought I think those are all true statements. All right. I just was wondering what, how you felt about that. <laughs> I think they're all true statements, and I agree with him 100%. Yeah? My opinion about Matt Stafford was that if you play him, he's going to give you a chance to win the game. Okay. Because he's going to throw you a couple balls. You just got to catch him. Sure. Every In the big moments, in the big games – you just got to catch the ball, right, and kind of stay in in your area, right. He's super talented with his arm strength and can make all kinds of throws and plays, but he's going to throw you the ball. You just have to make the play. He's going to throw you one up. You just got to go get it. Yeah, yeah. You're, and you're, he did that. He threw two picks. He did. Well, and one of them wasn't on him though. We got to be honest. One of them wasn't on him. Kyle, Kyle. What do you mean? At the end of the day. No, no, no. It can't, that second one was not on him, was it? Kyle, hit the man in the hands. Kyle, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, when you look up, they don't ask you how long. When you got three touchdown passes thrown, they don't ask you how many yards they were. They just go down to three touchdowns. Yeah. All right. And when you got two picks, that's all it goes by. Okay. Well, I don't. I get it. In the book, sure. But Kyle, but the decision on the first one was so bad, you might as well count that one as two. (laughs) It's a bad decision. I'll grant you that. Yeah, okay. I'll That's what you. it is. So I'll it is what that. it is. You are what your stats and who you are. Okay. Okay? Period. Period. Especially in the biggest game in the world. It's the biggest game. So he gave you two interceptions. And Cincinnati was winning the turnover battle, right? And so when you're plus two in the takeaway turnover battle, you're supposed to win that game like 80-some percent of the time. Yeah. And the fact that Cincinnati lost it, what does it go to? Because Cincinnati lost the game just as much as the Rams won it. Cincinnati was supposed to win that game. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. So, like, I, I said before the game. So, I the hey, let me. I mean, let me. Like, uh, you do you then. Excuse me. Let me just. Excuse me. Because I got to go there, Kyle. Because the it bur- it, it kind of burns my gears. Get me. Talk Thank to you. Me. That I I'm blaming the coach Taylor for everything in the game was minuscule. I didn't even think the game was that entertaining. 
the commercials were I the Pringles commercial where a hand got stuck. That was my fave. All right. I hated them all. I, I get it. I, but didn't the, really, I didn't really. I'm kidding. Okay. Well, anyway, so then, but the third down call, the game was back and forth, ebb and flows. I didn't really care. The the pass interference call, I thought they passed interfered him. Yeah. He held him. Sure. Like, call it spade a spade because if you was on the other foot, you'd want that call. Called it. That's fine. I didn't care about the touchdown at the end. T. Higgins thing... ripped off Jalen Ramsey's head off his shoulders. Yeah, yeah, but they're never going to call that. What? They don't call it. I, look, you can try and be mad, but I play defensive back. They're not going to call it. So, and, and Jalen Ramsey would agree with me. I know it happened, all right, and it stinks that it happened, and they should call that. But they really not going to call that. So, somehow or another, you got to be able to stay ahead, get a leg or something, and just get them down. I'm just telling you, that is the coaching point behind it. Mm-mm-mm. That all is right. the coaching point behind it. These referees are not going to call that. I'm just telling you. No, look, he, especially when, you, especially when, and look, yes, all right, they should call it. But you know what I'm tell you? I hold Jalen Ramsey to a higher standard than that. What? Why? Because he's the best cornerback in the in the world. That's what he claims now, to be. I like that then you, he has I like to that be you that, hold that him to a high standard, all the time. I like that you hold him to a high standard. But and I'll... because I'm a per- former professional player, as a player, you must always look at the man in the mirror and say, how could I have done anything better? You have to be able to stand up, fight it, and be able to get him down. And I respect you that. You can't play on waiting on a, play, uh, uh, a penalty. I'm not arguing with you. I say I respect that. I'm surprised, though, to not hear. I, I would, would have thought that you would be more along the lines of the offense already gets enough benefits and breaks. They do. Make the call. That's ridiculous. That's why they, that's why they didn't call it, because you just said it, because of what you just said. What, the offense gets all the breaks? Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, there you go. I don't know what you want. I played it. You know what I mean? I played it. You did? I mean, not corner, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I didn't. It doesn't sound like much fun. It's not, Kyle. For me, because I'm not fast enough It's a hard job, but that's what I'm saying. Because Jalen Ramsey is Jalen Ramsey. I'd rather be Aaron Donald. There's no doubt. I want to be snatching Samaja P. Ryan. With one arm while I'm holding that, up another. That's hit. the play. Dude, that's the play. That's the play. This game was what it was up until the very end, and that was the play. I know and you, you never you, know you what don't get play. Carried away. You don't get carried away with all the who's the greatest stuff, and you shouldn't, and I'm glad you don't. No. We do it every year or anytime there's a huge performance. I don't think that because of the way he played that we should be talking about Aaron as the undisputed greatest defensive player of all time. That wasn't even a great game for Aaron. It's a great fourth quarter. Yeah. It but I've seen him be quarter. way more dominant in games. But he did it at the most important time. And that's what matters. It, so, you, you know what I'm saying. Like, you won the Super percent. Bowl. He did it at percent. the most important time. thousand percent. And he's like this. He's not, he's not 6'4", right? He's six feet tall. But he's a monster. He's like the perfect blend of speed and power. And he's just a pit bull of a man. And like, to watch some of those plays, when you're holding off a, an offensive tackle with your right arm, you know, a 320-pound man, while stopping Samaj P. Ryan in his tracks with your offhand, it's pretty incredible to watch. I mean, I, I yeah, I, I know you, you're not you're not impressed by trench play. I, I've noticed that about you. Well, because I've seen him do that play before. I saw him do it. I saw that play get stopped the same way in the first quarter. Right. Okay. But, like, but, the, but did you did you see the clip where Sean McVay called it out? He was like, "Watch this, Aaron, Aaron Donald's about to take over this game." Like right before he did that. Well, um, and you could just tell when, when he shoved Joe Burrow out of bounds, which, by the way, completely legal play. And yeah, the offensive yeah. line got up in his face, which you would expect. Got to have your guys back. All that. They pissed off Aaron Donald, right? They woke him up a little bit. And he took over that game. So, like, I'm not saying that he's, you know, he's, that he's better than Reggie White at this point. What I'm saying is this dude, what, eight years, seven-time first-team All-Pro? Yep. Eight-time Pro Bowler every single yep. year he's been in the NFL? 
Yep. The most dominant player at his position. Yep. First ballot Hall of Famer. Yep. So I think he's top five. I'll give him that. Top five at least all time when I watch yep. this guy play. So I had a little bit of this conversation with my barber earlier, Tap. And he asked me this same similar question, all right? And that was that, is Aaron Donald like the, the greatest D lineman ever? Would you take him ever, right? And they talked about Reggie White. Yeah. And so for me – John Randall. I, I would <laughs> exactly. Is he ever in his position? Right. And I told him, I said, at this point, if Aaron Donald never made another all pro or pro bowl, I need him to get a couple more years in for me to make him the all time greatest, the single greatest defensive tackle of all time. Yes. Okay. All right. Clearly by time on task, because that's what it can, you know, at the end of the day, like, I would love to see him make another one when he's like 33 or 34, like some of the older guys have been able to do, right? And when and I'm not asking him to play 15 years. That's no, not what I'm no, saying. No. But, you know, I, I just would like him to play 10-plus years. I mean, shoot, dude, I was sitting in the chair. I said the same thing to my bar. I was like, bro, I mean, like, I played 11, and I'm not saying every that's for everybody, but I just look at him like, damn, that went by fast. And he's still at the top of his game. Aaron Donald – to he me, with I can only – let me tell you, if he never made any of those other ones, I would still take him in my lifetime. I would say he's the most disruptive. There's no doubt about it. Now, you have some different guys or edge players, but as comparison to Aaron Donald, D tackles, it would be John Randall. I mean, Warren Sapp was a bad boy too. but yep. And he was with the same height. Like, it was the same right, kind right. of thing. He wasn't a huge and guy. And then um, – Who's another one? Uh, and also, uh, Bryant Young from the 49ers yep. back in the day. He Just went another, in, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. He's a, he used to be a terror, too. Yep. And um, But those are other guys. But what Aaron Donald's been able to do with the sack numbers, bro, we're not just getting, like, just 10 sacks. I mean, he's talking, like, 16, 18. Like, this guy is – what he has done has completely destroyed any kind of bar that was set. I mean, the dude has an eight-pack. Let's be honest. Yeah. Like, he's a different cat. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He's a different breed. So that is uh, what makes him so special. And he trained with, like, knives and shit. He did, yes. The, the only man in the stadium that night that looked more powerful than Aaron Donald was, was, was 50 Cent. No, no. <laughs> you want me to tell you who was more powerful that night, Kyle? Uh, what? Come on. You no, I'm not the, laughing You didn't at take that. the bait no. on 50 Cent? Why no, not? Why not? I refuse. I, I'm not hating on First him. First of all, I was excited when I saw him. Now, bro – that he must have he must have broke the glass on that damn uh, wife beater he had. Though. Absolutely, they they dog they don't even got them no more. The memes are <laughs> so good. Yeah, they were. Somebody they were really somebody good. took a, somebody took a shirtless Photoshop of him from the uh, the candy shop video and the video from the other night and said Fifty Cent never left the candy shop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. I haven't cackled that long in a while. I mean, it was that pretty was good. really good. But like, I had the same thought. I was like, oh, so that's dirty bulk season for. Uh, from a man 50 over there like he's, it, it's a little dirty like, it, he's it, still a powerful guy my man's still he's still working out in the weight room he's just you know eating seven thousand calories a day <laughs> yes <laughs> but you gotta you gotta get some cardio too that's who that is dog. Get some sprints or something <laughs> something a little bit i know I that life don't get me wrong i know that life i you do know, i do me get too the weight room get some chipotle a piece no of cake doubt. I, I, I got a good day here <laughs> i'm good you know I'm what i'm saying i know that day all too well yeah and back like, in the day when you had that metabolism you i can get by go on, with that. i can go on the beach and still look good in the wife beater i'm right. straight can't do it anymore gotta get the extra work in. you gotta got some leafy greens <laughs> i had some mediterranean when i got here I, oh man <laughs> It was, I, it was good. I liked it. I thought yes. it was a good performance. Can, can we just say this, though? 
And back to the game, and then I'll let you go on the performance. Let me go. Like, you don't want to talk about it. I I don't, for real. Why? Because, I mean, what's really to talk about? It was a good, it was a good performance. Well, I think that, that – exactly. Didn't blow my mind. Wasn't anything from a performance standpoint we'd never seen before. No. But when Maria Taylor said, for the first time, rap and hip-hop takes center stage at the Super Bowl halftime show, it's like, really? How the fuck did it take this long? Right? And there have been some great ones. Everybody talks about Prince's halftime show – um, I think Bruno Mars is one of the greatest. Uh, Bruno I, Mars is, for me, I, I enjoy Bruno Mars better. I Thank you. I said the same thing. I, I love the other I night. enjoy Bruno Mars halftime better. I thought Bruno better. Mars' performance was the single best halftime performance uh, I've ever it's seen. It's my best one. Bruno's incredible, right? Yeah. But the fact that Maria Taylor said rap and hip-hop for the first, the first time in 2022. Like, this is the NFL we're talking about here. I mean, look. So, I, how are you, are you mad or... I mean, not is she mad. wrong? It's too like late she, to be she mad. Said, it's too late to be mad about it. Should she have said that? Or? No, I love, no, no, no. It's just like it's just a jarring thing to hear. It's, like, it's 2022, right? I mean, the NFL, it's players. I mean, hip hop has long been associated with this league. Now, there's also the Colin Kaepernick element where there were some artists that wanted nothing to do with the NFL during the, the height of the Colin Kaepernick controversy and battle and all that. And I get that. Um, and, and really, Eminem was one of them. Um, but no, it's just jarring to hear that because it's like we've been through this parade of Katy Perry and Maroon 5 and Bruce Springsteen. And, you know, after what happened with Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake, I think they shriveled up and got scared a little bit, mm-hmm. um, which sucks. But it's like when they were in Atlanta, you pay however much money it takes to, to get Andre and Big Boy back on the stage together in Atlanta. For the halftime show, like what, how, like that to me it seemed obvious to everybody. And Big Boy got like thirty seconds at the halftime show. Really? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the best you got. Like this is Atlanta we're talking about. Yeah. So, so I mean, I'm not. You know, I just it's amazing to me. I'm not upset. I'm not indignant about it. It's just crazy to think that yeah, with so it, much talent and so much culture attached to these cities that have hosted these games, they haven't gone there until 2022. It's nuts. Hey man, they um, it's crazy how. I guess now it's like a thing. Um, I'm just glad that it happened, you know. Yeah, I, I'm sure. glad I was big fans of that Chronic 2000 CD oh. that Dr. Dre dropped. You know what I'm saying? And when Eminem hit, like I was, that was very vital in my time. Yep. You know what I mean? I just, uh, I just did a TikTok, uh, not a TikTok, but a, a boomerang earlier with my son talking about. That guess who's back? No, that's what I was going to ask again. you again. Oh yeah. So how much? Shady's how- back. <laughs> Tell a friend. So, so have any of your kids heard back. his lyrics Guess. and asked you about his lyrics? Because we know what's in. Oh his- my God, he has the worst. He could not. I'm so glad he's moved the on and doing better things. things. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, he doesn't have to perform anymore. You no, know? he really doesn't. He's and got uh, mom spaghetti. A chain. Yeah, you know, he's, yeah, he's, yeah, good. he's, he's good. good. He's good. Uh, arms weak. Yep. Yep. So, uh, it's no. He, it, it was a great halftime show. I enjoyed that too, man. It was really good. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was great, but it wasn't my favorite no, of all I'm, time. I'm so I also like the Katy Perry one, too. The uh, Katy Perry's halftime was pretty good. I just telling uh, you, I was entertained. I mean, it's all right. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not I'm a Katy Perry I'm just telling you. I'm not a Katy Perry guy. That's fine. I'm not either. I'm just telling the halftime was I'm straight. Just, I'm not a Katy Perry um, guy. All right. Anyway. What, so, what else you got? Cincinnati should have won that game. All right. So all you right. want to go back to that. What, all right, because so. Coach Taylor should have never ran that freaking ball. All right. Clear the ball should lose. not have left Joe Burrow's hands unless he threw it. And that last uh, under a minute and a half, don't let anybody else touch the game, touch the ball. I don't care. I don't care. Don't let anybody else decide anything in the game but Joe Burrow. Okay. And the fact that you got stopped on that third and one by running that same dumb play with Samarji P. Ryan, give it to Mixon. 
Did you see? Give it to Mixon. I saw this today. Why are you? Why did? Why is he in the game? Well, I, well, that's that's good. because the coaches thinks well, he's smart did enough. Did you see or, the Zach Taylor quote about that? What? Um, I'm pulling it up right now. I don't have it memorized. No, but I he, did not. He actually answered for that. Um, it's not the right one. I can tell you that, Kyle. All right, I'm going to read it to you. not the right I'm one. Gonna, you, you tell me if this quote only that. from Zach Taylor is a satisfactory. Here we go. Quote, we were in two-minute mode, and Samaje's done a great job. His role has really been as a protecting back and a lot of the things that come with that. It's one of those situations where I called the play a little later on the clock. And so I was the one that said, leave him in there. Justin Hill, our running backs coach, asked if we wanted to make a change. I said, just leave Samaje in there. Obviously, it didn't work for us. Whether Joe is in there or not, he's certainly deserving of the opportunity in a key moment in a key game to try to get it for us as our featured back, end quote. So he did take responsibility and said, he, you know, coach came, do you want to make a change? I said, no, leave him in there. Good. But it's not as that Joe, you know, Joe's deserving. Good. It was my call. Good. I don't blame Samaje P. Ryan either. No, you blame, I blame the coach. coach. Zach Taylor. It's a dumb play call. No, he got it wrong. Do not let the ball come out of anybody else's hands but Joe Burrow. Did Who? Because you did it in the first time, it didn't work. Then you went again on fourth down again, all right? Okay. And you know what happened that time? Joe Burrow got it for you because he ran for it. Did you see the so, final fourth and one play, the, uh, the, the still shot where uh, Chase was running open, Jalen Ramsey slipped and fell? Yeah. And uh, if, if the offensive line could have held up just a tick no, longer. I, just a tick longer. If you wouldn't have – if you would have put enough pressure – yes. And first of all, yes, you're correct, Okay. But the fact that you made that dumb play call on third down, now you had to get it on fourth yeah, down. Yeah, no, absolutely. You're right. So now Joe Burrow's thinking quick. Like, he's trying to go to his one-on-ones, which the Rams actually did a good job of. That inside nickel player sloughed back on the, um, the slant. And then they trapped the corner. He was open. That would have been the throw, but he wasn't going there. He's going inside first thinking it's man-to-man, which I would have thought it's man-to-man too if I'm the quarterback. Sure. And then, boom, so he had to read it. And then by that time – Aaron Donald got him. But that's because you shouldn't have been in that situation. That should have, you shouldn't have been there. You can't yeah. let Aaron Donald have his best pass rush move, like, for his career. Like, he knows this is what the game is about. This is the game. It's fourth down. Yeah. Break the huddle. I got one-on-one with this guard. I'm about to abuse this dude. They're going to put me in space. <laughs> all right? Yep, absolutely. Where I'm going to have him one-on-one. I'm going to go wreck shop. And that's what he did. Because that's what he does best. He makes grown-ups look really bad. He does. He and really, the best really of the best does. look really bad versus him. And that is, and so I blame the coach, Zach Taylor, once again, for that bad play call on third <laughs> down. He cost him the game. You want to go – look, Joe Burrow already threw you two dimes, got you down there. Why are you all of a sudden running the ball? It was dumb. Well, I, I, look, you're, I don't disagree with you on the play stuff. It was dumb. And then I, Kyle, after that, was like, man, they lost this game. It's over. Well, it, it's and also, just that fact, you didn't of, even let your best quarterback like win the game for you. It's like, but it's, a lot of us kind of felt like the, the Rams. Now, I, I thought it would be the Rams with maybe a, a late lead, but Cincinnati trying to make a run but coming up short. I, I didn't expect the Rams to have to come from behind in that game. Um, but well, no, they're the more talented team. But Odell Beckham got hurt. Well, that right, was, that, that, that changed was a, a lot. Bad he looked like he was getting ready to have a, a big day. I yeah, mean, man, man, Odell can still. I mean, I was I'm sad for him because he was about to get broke off again. So. But you know what? He got a touchdown in the Super Bowl, yeah, and he he'll did, always man. have that. Right? And he got a ring. And he got well, right. More importantly, he, he got the ring. But he also he can feel like he contributed to the and win. And he cried. And he cried a lot. And he did contribute to the win. He did. But he did cry. As he well. also cried a lot. He <laughs> did. I mean, you know, and it was kind of an ugly cry. I got to be honest, like. He doesn't look like a pretty cry. He's not a pretty cry. I've crier. seen him pretty cry like twice now. I don't know too many very, of them. Like very angry. He was very – I've I seen him – I don't know too many dudes that are pretty criers. 
I don't know too nah. many. Nah, I don't nah. know too many. <laughs> I don't know nah. Many. I don't know many anyway, man. Nah. No, dude, I really mm. don't. Did, have you bought, I mean, like his fiance said yesterday that he's not going anywhere, but did you see the whole Sean McVay might retire thing? You saw that news this week, right? I mean, they said Aaron Donald too. I don't know. Well, I actually believe Aaron's like was just about the contract for the most part. Uh, he said he those words never came out of his mouth. But like the Sean McVay thing, he's reportedly been shopping himself around to the TV networks. Uh, and even if it's only for, you know, his leverage to, to get a big payday from the Rams, that's fine. But he's 36, which would be unprecedented for how young. I mean, he just coached and won his – he coached in his second Super Bowl and won the damn thing at 36 years old as a head coach in the NFL. Yeah, he's very young. It's absurd. Uh, John Madden walked away at 42. So he walked away really young and became a broadcaster. Tony Romo's making $18 million a year right now at CBS. I, uh, I guarantee you Sean McVay could make 20 if he wanted to go do it right now. I mean, he's just got to look for TV anyway. Um, and so people have been talking about that apparently since the beginning of the season. So there was some some real teeth to it. I'm not sure he actually does it, but I don't think I'd be shocked if he did. I really don't because, you know, they got a terrible cap situation out there. Right, they got some some bills coming due because they when's the first time they haven't picked in the first round since 2016. Yeah, man, they said f them draft picks. Yeah, they, dude, they, the they, GM wore the shirt. Yep, Les Snead wore the shirt. Fuck them draft picks, right? <laughs> it paid off this time. It did, and, and, but now they got the bill coming due, right? And so, well, it is, I don't know. I, I think he stays, but I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked if he did. Go recharge, right? Go go make forty million dollars for two years doing TV. Hell, maybe you like it so much like John Gruden did, you stay for 10 years and just come back when you feel like it. When you're 46 and still be one of the youngest coaches in the NFL, he'd come back at 46 years old and probably still be one of the youngest in the Boom, NFL. Boom, bitches. 10 years later? I mean, come on. He's also a lifer, though. Like, he grew up in football, right? So, I mean, I'm sure there is some burnout. When that's the only thing you've ever known, there has to be some I mean, I mean, you did. it's going to be funny. I don't think he goes anywhere. Probably not. I don't think he goes anywhere. I think he likes this team too much. And I don't, I don't think their cap situation is that bad, huh? It's worse ones out there. I know that. No, I think it's manageable in the sense yeah, that they Yeah, and they don't – I mean, they're going to have to, you know, restructure, see if they can kick the can down the road a little bit. That's but what they're going to try and do. But they also just won the Super Bowl, so as you know, there are going to be guys on that team that are going to leverage that into bigger paydays somewhere else, right? I mean, that's, that's what usually happens. That's what – and nothing wrong with that, right? But that's kind of the way it works in the NFL. Uh, it's also I why – I wish that would have happened to me. <laughs> it's, it's also why – uh, there was actually a, an interesting piece over at CBS Sports today, pardon me, about uh, how this writer, Brian Diardo said, I don't think we'll ever see a, a prolonged dynasty again uh, in the NFL. And he said, here are five reasons why. And it was like lack of patience, the salary cap, uh, a couple other things. But, but, what you, but part of it, too, was the free agency. This, right? You win a championship. A lot of guys, you know, go to different places to leverage that. thousand percent. You know, not everybody is, has the front office like the Baltimore Ravens where you generally just – find dudes and reload not everybody can do that and I don't know if the Rams can do that we'll find out but uh it's interesting like he's thinking about retiring Aaron Donald's thinking about retiring Matt Stafford's watching people fall off stages and Cooper Cup's just out here looking like an Amish dude building uh you know log cabins in the offseason he just won the triple crown of the Super Bowl friggin' MVP that guy's wild I mean <laughs> except he's not he's like the most boring but nice guy ever is he I don't I don't know much about him at all I mean even after his interview, dude, he just couldn't believe it. He just chills. Like, he's, yeah. you know, laid back. Yeah. I, I love him, though. I love his game. So, oh, that would be a great – well, me and my boy were having this conversation, and and I, I would love to have him, this conversation with him on his podcast, too. Who? Um, Rob Ninkovich. And it was about how would Cooper Cup get just as much credit or less credit if he was black and doing what he was doing and just won the Triple Crown and da-da-da. Oh, I think he's, he's getting the credit. 
I, I think he gets hated on all the time in the fact of he always gets compared to, like, Wes Welker. And I'm like, bro, why they keep, like. That's stupid. It's stupid. He's not He the same. just put together the single greatest season in the history of the NFL at the wide receiver position. Com- yes. The single greatest ever. He did that. Because the what he did, uh, offensive player of the Statistically, year. Statistically, yes, he did that. But what I mean is uh, Super Bowl But MVP. he's not the best. Look, he had an amazing year. No, like, no, that I, was I, I, don't, I just hate that. that they compare him to, like, Wes Welker but or when you put, it, but put it this way. He just won the Super Bowl Dude's MVP. He won the Offensive Player of the Year. He won the Triple Crown. The only other person to do those things is Jerry Rice. Yep. And Jerry needed multiple seasons to accomplish all those things. Cooper Cup just did it in one season. All of them. So, yeah, you're right. Are there more talented wide receivers in the NFL? Yeah, obviously. I, I think there probably are. Scheme helps him out. Also having um, other threats, like Sean McVay's offense and other threats help. Matt Stafford helped this year. Everything really kind of came and fell into place. And at the end of the day, the young man, Cooper Cup, balled. And, and that's, that's he, what, he took advantage of every opportunity that he had. And he works at it. The dude runs real routes. The dude is legit receiver. He's 6'2", and he's sneaky fast. Yep. Like, like if you sleeping on him, he leaving you. Oh, yeah. Like, don't sleep on him. Like, that's also another factor. Sure. The moment you're sleeping on him, he, he passed you. So... And he gonna catch it. Right. You you don't want to end up with a situation like that yeah. where you got a safety on him in a situation like that. Yes. And he just leaves him. I so mean, that is what it he's is. He's surgical in his route running. You know, and guys like that, you know, when you have dudes like that who are good athletes, maybe, but not great, but they're surgical. They're, you know, they they have that they're they're just you can still be special. Like we've talked about, you know, my well, you know him too, but my buddy Omar Gaither, you know, Omar used to tell me all the time, but first rounders are born, they're not made. They're born, right? You know, and I'm like, okay, I see what you're saying, but I mean, I, I th- no, no, no. First rounders are born; they're not made. There are some guys who aren't elite athletes, but they have an elite mental game, and because of that, you know, Tom Brady's an example of that. Tom Brady's mm-hmm. not even close to an elite athlete. Cooper Cup is a smart player, too. right? He's a very smart player. So I, I wanted to uh, last thing on this, and I want to get your thoughts on something else. But the the reason I think, in large part, was uh, you know the Super Bowl had massive numbers: 112.3 million people watched that game. Most watched since Patriots Seahawks in 2015. Because um, it's big markets. Well, that was one big market, right? But interestingly, interestingly, LA wasn't even in the top 10 markets to watch the Super Bowl on Sunday. They weren't even top 10 in they, terms of local market share. They're going to party like they did, though. Oh, of course, absolutely. Now, of course, you're talking about a city that has like 40 million people, right? So you got a lot of interest. You got two local teams. You got a lot of people that don't give a damn about football or sports in general. It's Hollywood, right? You got a lot of people out there that could not care less about the Los Angeles football Rams. I get that. They weren't even top 10, right, in terms of local give, give, market give, share. Give me some. Give me some numbers. Uh, uh, give me, Cincinnati, give me some Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Columbus, um, but, 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 I'll, I'll try, let me pull this up. Uh, Sounds like all Cincinnati and then probably Louisiana too. Cause well, of course, Cincinnati. I mean, it's local market share. Oh. Here it is. Check this out. LA had the 26th best local market share rating for the Super Bowl. 26th. And the Rams were in it. Not the chargers, not the redheaded stepchild that nobody actually wants. It was just forced on them. San Diego team. And my still. boy, my boy, Orny told me to tell him too. um, they're not the first L.A. team to, to win a championship in football. Man. All right. The well, Raiders won it first. They did. You're right. They did. Um, look, I, I just – I don't think that L.A. is really a great football market. I, I, I agree with you. It's just a massive market with yeah, a lot of people and a lot of shit to do. That's what yes. it is. And so, like, you know, people have said, oh, L.A. is a football town. Like, they love USC. They loved USC, okay? They, they'll attach themselves to the Rams if they're good. 
but if they're anything short of very good, LA doesn't give a shit. They got the Lakers. They got the Dodgers. They got the Clippers. If they really need something, if they're hard up, they got the Clippers, right? They got the Angels. They got everything. So, I mean, it, it's not shocking that they weren't the biggest, you know, that they, but 26th. So, I mean, it's a big market. It's hard to capture all of it, but that's really, really bad. That's really bad. So, on, something else here. I just looked down, and this is a couple of hours old. And we got, I know we don't have too much longer here. Netflix just greenlit four new Dave Chappelle comedy stand-ups a few hours ago. What do you mean greenlit? Like, well, because you remember the last one he did was the last stand-up that he was under contract to do with Netflix. Uh-huh. And he seemed like he was going away for a while again. He talked like he might not be around very much, like he was going to take a break again and go away for a while. Just announced Hollywood Reporter and TMZ, Netflix announces two or four new Dave Chappelle comedy specials. So Dave's not done. Apparently Dave's got some more shit to say. <laughs> Well, they're going to talk about it because he talked about building uh, some kind of homes over there by where his property is. Oh, something. I know, right? And <laughs> it lives in the middle of nowhere, Ohio. Yeah. And the fact that Dave Chappelle lives, like, born and raised in D.C., yeah. in the middle of nowhere, Ohio, right? It's, it's yeah. funny as hell. But, yeah, I mean, think about that. Well, and think about the fact that when that comedy special came out, how many Netflix, you know, employees were, you know, threatening to quit, boycotting, you know, all this because of the ongoing battle he has with the transgender community, of course. And um, it apparently, like, he, 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 I don't, I mean, he seems so. He's like, dude, I don't know why they stay mad at me. Right. But he seems so tired of it by the end there at that <laughs> last does. one. It seemed like he was going away for a while. But no, Dave's like, nah, fuck it. I got four more in me. He's got four more full blown comedy stand up specials in him. Dave's got some shit to say. I'm excited about this. I, I would love to hear it, too. I'm excited about I, this. I'm, I, I can't wait. I don't but you ever... know. Is it, is it just nostalgia for us because we grew up on Dave? Is he still is he still as I mean, what do you think? Because co comedians, like everybody else on earth, they evolve. They change. They get older. Their views change. They get crotchety sometimes. Like, what do you think of Dave? Is he uh, as good as he used to be? Well, it, the subject matter has changed. Of course. But I think he's always, always going to be funny because he has great delivery. I think that he's very, <clears throat> pardon me, I, I think he's frustrated that it feels like not everybody, like we, we, there used to be at least a belief in that community especially that nobody. But I think Dave's fighting a lot of demons in the fact of, in the comedy era where like people are trying to like cancel people's opinion. They want you to like. Sure. And like, and I think he's going to have a, a field day on that. I think that is what he's going to go to. Sure. Yeah. I think he is being, he believes, or I know he does, he said as much, that he's being told that he has to change his own belief structure to accommodate others. And I, I think yeah. that, that bothers. And he's like, dude, especially in the comedy room. Right. Like, everything should be, it's comedy. Sure. Right. You know, you and know? I, I thought like, his last stand-up was pretty powerful in a lot of ways. I, I think because in every everything that is comedy, man, there's some truth in it. That's yeah. what makes it funny. That's what makes it funny, right? <laughs> and so for those of us who did, that grew up on comedians like Dave, you know, and, and like Eddie Murphy, and, yeah. and like all the others that didn't pull any punches. They made fun of everybody. I mean, it was yes. just deep societal commentary that there were – it was take no prisoners, right? Nobody's feelings were off limits here. Um, and I'm not saying they've all done it right, that they haven't made missteps. Some of these guys have deeply offended people in ways that they shouldn't have and oftentimes did apologize for. But, like, I still love Dave. I do. I still love Dave. Dave is all, never not going to be an integral part of my, like, formidable years as a kid. And the way Dave Chappelle saw the world was something that I couldn't necessarily relate to because I grew up, you know, in the sticks. And Dave was, you know, talking as a guy who, who grew up in the streets of D.C. But um, he's so smart. Like, comedians are some of the smartest people on the planet. Not all of them. Some comedians are stupid and you know, dumb as a box of shoelaces. But Dave is one of the most perceptive, witty, um, you know, just that's what he is. He's perceptive. He's witty. 
He's articulate. He articulates things in a way, and he always has that that allows you to see what he's saying, even if you have no frame of reference for where he's coming from. You know, like if you have mm-hmm. no concept of how he grew up or the things that he said, there's very little, at least in my experience watching him, very little confusion in what he's trying to say. And so I'm sure that's frustrating for him as a person who you've called me transactional before. Like as someone who tries to be very literal, I try to get my point across so that I'm clear for the benefit of others, like not to be a dick, but for the benefit of others to be clear. And I mean what I say, that's Dave. And you know what I mean? And so when he feels like what he's saying, literally saying is being wildly misinterpreted and misinterpreted in a way that portrays him as a hateful bigot. I'm right. Sure when he's that, like, yes. I'm when sure you that love everybody. Him. Yeah. I'm sure that upsets him. Yes. I'm sure it upsets him. So I'm, I'm excited for that. I really am pumped for that one, man. And I'm, he's going to make you laugh in between. See, that's what Dave Chappelle does. Yes. Did you, r- and, r- and I also, in very important and great times in my life, I used to be like, I'm rich, bitch. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, bum, bum. <laughs> like, dog, this is, he's the best. So, I mean, like, where are we on Clayton Bigsby right now? Are we allowed uh, to laugh at Clayton Bigsby? Oh, my gosh, it's the funniest thing ever. Okay, I'm just curious. Any day should, I just wish we had, we don't, we'll never be able to have any more Dave Chappelle skits. Those were like hilarious, dude. Well, what, so funny. What, what did he say? Um, there was that turning point where he walked away where he said it felt like people were laughing more at him than with him at some point. I think it was the line that he used, uh-huh. something along those lines. Um, I can't say the name of the skit that I think you know exactly what I'm talking to, but when Dave was the milkman, um, you, you know exactly what I'm talking uh-huh. about. When yeah, Dave was yeah. the, the family milkman in black and white. Uh-huh. Um, that like He pushed the limits with yeah, things did. like that. He did. That <laughs> made people both wildly uncomfortable but laugh maniacally, right? <laughs> Nobody I, else had really done those things before. Not in that no, way. No, no, they haven't. Not on cable television. No, where the no. kids could accidentally flip onto it. You know. Yeah. I, so that's I. I'm I'm really really glad that he's sticking around. I'm pretty pumped. That was, that. that was one of the more funny for me as a male, uh, as a black dude, um, growing up where I grew up. Man, that shit was hilarious. <laughs> That shit was hilarious. I could, I could rattle off all the skits. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, but Dave had more than that, though. He had all kinds. You know, um, uh, Clayton Bigsby was great. Um, and then, that was hilarious. And then the Milkman was great. Um, what's the other one where um, – don't make me forget right now. All right, let's go to another subject because I don't want to – I got my moment. No, uh, I'm with you. I got you. I got you. Um, I, I, we got to wrap this up because you, you got to get ready to go and I got to get ready for a long day of moving brush tomorrow. Just these productive weekends, man, without the NBA. I love it. Yeah. I, I, Kyle, just, I need you to come help me do my, uh, what? my beds. Your beds? Yeah. What do you mean? Outside. What, oh, I'm not a damn landscaper, man. Not, off, not, not outside of my property, I'm not. not a, I'm not doing that. I got stuff to build tomorrow. The, the, one, the other thing I was going to ask you, did you see the Russian figure skater uh, controversy a couple of nights ago? So what happened? She like failed a drug test, but it was like her grandfather's something. It's always somebody something that was the problem that nobody yeah. knew was in the cocktail. And, you know, I didn't know, you know, those and, sorts of things. But did they like push the games back? For- nobody believes the Russians. <laughs> we're about to go to war with Russia, it looks like. I mean, I've, I've been like, seriously, it looks like we're going to war with Russia. It's like somebody's, no. somebody's going to war with Russia. I know Ukraine damn sure looks to be going to war with Russia. You Ukraine will do their own thing. So, I mean, you know, that now we're distracted by the Russian figure skaters doping, but it's Russia. They dope. That's what they do. You know, they I cheat. I mean, they, they can't even be Russian. They can't even do the Russia because they have to just do the Federation, right? Russia sure. Olympic Committee. Because- I think her name is Kamila Valieva, but I mean, 
this is like uh, Ivan Drago type stuff with these coaches. The, the IOC chairman, Thomas Bach, I mean, he's basically the Roger Goodell of the Olympics. Um, he, called about, he called out the coaches, you know, for his – when, when that girl came off her free skate where she just fell apart, the coach was just berating her. Like, what's wrong with you? Why did you stop fighting? This, that, and the other. This is, of course, after we found out they've been doping up this 15-year-old girl, um, you know, to, it, before the figure skating, you know, you know, the Olympics. And so even the IOC chairman was like, what's wrong with you? Like, that's – they've been – people in the figure skating world – my wife was a former figure skater, so I've learned a whole lot more about this than I ever knew in my yeah, life. Yeah, I don't know anything But, about like, it. people have been petitioning in the figure skating world to get the minimum age raised from 15 to 17 or even 18 to avoid this stuff because, I mean, these girls, they drop out of high school at, like, 14 years old. You know, they, they all they do is skate and compete. Uh, they might be homeschooled. They, they might, you know, an academy situation or something like that. But that's, you know, here in the States as I know it. You got these, you know, the, the Russian Federation operates their Olympics, I mean, trains their Olympic athletes, oversees Olympic everything, much like it does in other countries. But it's like this is military-style stuff. You know, the Russian Federation responded to what the IOC chairman said and was like, you know, the, the toughness of our coaches is what makes us And the, um, the, the one that finished in second, she was from Russia as well, right? Right. And the one who finished and in she, second said she, she, got, she, didn't, she said, I never want to, I, I, I'm never skating again. I hate this shit. That, that was basically what she said after she the fact. Was, yeah, she was mad. She just won a silver medal in the Olympics she on behalf of the country. And she was so upset and so tired and fed up. She said, I, I, I'm never skating again. This is awful. Did she say she was never skating again? Yeah. The, the, the girl who won the gold, the Russian... Had no reaction whatsoever. She's like, I just need to sit in a room and just, you know, figure this out and digest it to kind of figure out what just happened. She just won the gold medal in, in Olympic figure skating. <laughs> just, I mean, they're, they're coaching all these little girls like they're Ivan Drago over there in Russia. It's, a, it's incredible. Which I watched that Rocky uh, recently, dude. I was working out to it. Yes. yes. That dude, Dolph Lundgren, looked like a machine, bro. Machine. This dude was shredded. Machine, dude. Just monster. First of all, if you can wear an all-white tight suit, bro, and just destroy it like he did, yes, top and bottoms, yes, much. That means this dude had no ounce. And of, then his wife, he had no body fat on. Brigitte him. Nielsen. Was, I don't know where they found a female Dolph Lundgren <laughs> yeah. for that movie, but they found a female Dolph Lundgren for that movie somehow, which blew my mind as a kid. By the way. Oh I, yeah, she was game changer. Absolutely blew my mind. <laughs> she was game changer. So you're, I'm glad you said that because Dol <coughs> excuse me, Dolph Lundgren. Did you ever see uh, Universal Soldier? With John yes, Paul of Van course. Van. Of course you did, right? course that dude was a nightmare when i was a kid well he was legit a um a champion at what at um um a kickboxing champion was he really yeah like world champ like i know john john claude van damme used to talk about how great he was i knew some of those guys were legit good well yeah no no he was legit like, chuck norris was a world champion i think yeah, or something yeah. along those lines you didn't want to see him Probably not. Dolph Lundgren way bigger. Probably not. He's like all six for him. What's that exercise machine that Chuck Norris used to hawk on TV all the time? Him I his, forget it. What's that damn thing? I was that not thing a called? Chuck Norris guy. Not the Bowflex. What was it, damn it? I don't know. I can't think of I'm it I'm not now. a Chuck Norris guy. Okay. I know right. he's the toughest man ever. Well, look, I, I just like 17 more things I could talk about. We got to go. You got to go party at Mardi Gras. Get the big beats. Dude. Get I the only big beats. Get the Come on, bro. Get the big beats. Come on, bro. All right, we'll talk to you next Look time. Look at me. I don't have to show any skin. Anymore. If this man makes it back from Mardi Gras, we'll do it again next week. Until then, for Roman Harper, I'm Kyle Bailey. Work hard. Be nice to each other.